Matt, we're getting old in the world. We are. Old, old gamers now. How, I had my birthday over the weekend. How old do you think I am? Uh, I think you're about, if I had to guess, 52 at this point. Oof, man. Yeah. You're <laughs> showing the, some uh... wrinkles. That's probably <laughs> the biggest indicator there. I am. Well, we're recording this podcast quite early this morning, and uh, I looked in the mirror, and I have the the bags, you know. Oh, I have when I huge up. saggy bags. Yeah, no, yeah. me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I take off those glasses, and you notice them. Whew. Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah, well, um, I'm I'm 39 now. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. One more year until the big 4-0, and then That's I just have terrifying. to reflect on my entire existence and say what the heck are you doing with your life yeah that's midlife crisis right there really literally like you've hit it i'm prepping dude i'm like i can already feel it it starts at your 39th birthday because you're like i got one more year until i have to deal with the reality that my my telomeres are getting shorter my reaction times man like my genetic code is breaking down every day well i must say you've been aging like fine wine so Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I think um, 39 is the new 60. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. Knowing uh, this generation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I got to turn off my uh, my AC system. We're, we're recording it off hours because my house is under construction. It is winter time and uh, it sprung a few leaks. And so during the day, they are ripping out drywall and building new thing i don't know making lots of noise yeah yeah it's fun when you buy a house and you get to fix everything that's wrong with it and then you realize oh when they first built the house they just built it horribly yeah i mean you know i wouldn't know because i'm a millennial granted are you a millennial too technically are you what's the cut i think i I don't know what's the cutoff i I believe i am by like a year or something like that yeah you're like right on the cutoff if you are yeah yeah. Uh, which sucks because I always used to make fun of millennials, and then somebody's like, <laughs> "Like, wait a, a second, am I actually a millennial?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I eat my avocado you toast. You might man. be Gen X, but I don't know. Well, let's look it up. Hang on, millennial cutoff. Do 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 do. Uh, okay, uh, if you are millennials, are people born between 1981 and 1996? Okay, I'm de- oh, so, yeah. I'm yeah, definitely a millennial. 100 millennial. Then, then yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, millennials kind of old now, if you think about it. Yeah. And we're still getting blamed for everything, too, which is great. I can't wait until Gen Z starts uh, getting some of that, getting some of that um, vitriol. Well, we blamed the boomers for everything. Well, because we validly should, you know, for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, The boomers just happen to be in a great period of economic prosperity, you Uh know? Uh, Yeah. And everything, if they bought a house, you know, it's like worth a hundred times what it is. My favorite critique of our generation is that we're the participation, like award trophy generation wherever, you know, we all got trophies and stuff, but it's like, you gave them to us. You're the one who's raised us. What are you, what are you complaining about? Like, yeah, as you can tell, I get very passionate about this nonsense because it's utter garbage. Yeah, you don't get no participation trophies, man. We're gamers, okay? We're about trash talking, teabagging, <clears throat> winning tournaments. Well, it's just it's just so ironic to to complain about a generation who is considered, you know, the ones that get participation. They they always deserve a trophy. They always deserve a reward. But 
you're the one who instilled that in them at a young age because you raised that generation. You can't. Mm-hmm. So are you are you are you complaining that you raised us poorly? Then is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's a bit silly. I guess the yeah. people doing the complaining are usually the ones who don't have kids, and then they're like, Probably, yeah, kids maybe, these days, maybe, you know, yeah, kids these days." Yeah. Yeah. I like. Um, have you have you seen the little the Dinks trend now? Dinks is the Dinks. Yeah. So people people have been like posting these TikToks or videos talking about the Dink lifestyle, which is double income, no kids. So basically, people oh, who are together. That's hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, look at all this stuff I can do as being a dink. I'm going out whenever I want. I'm doing all this, you know, so it's like they're, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're doing fine in life. Um, and just like the responses to those are so fun. And people are like, thank you for being a genetic dead end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's weird how like, uh, well, for I mean, they are being very um uh, kind of a, not aggressive about it but they are confrontational they're being a little confrontational like it's look at annoying you. it's you, annoying. you chose you chose the wrong you know path in life you know this is what you should have chosen but uh, i do think each side i mean like in all things in life take it way too far it's just like just respect other people's decisions there's there's pros and cons to both ways of living this is the internet matt there is no place for there is respect yeah. common there understanding isn't, there isn't a gray area where we can all you know be like yeah yeah that's cool congratulations on your life <laughs> yeah jason's in chat saying he's happy being a genetic dead end over there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As are we, as are we, oh. Wait, wait. That was, whoa, whoa, wait, whoa, it was wait, too far, it's too wait. far. Congrats on your raise, by the way, Jason. Loyal fan, doing well over there, who was not laid off in the giant tech exodus Jeez. that has been happening. My God. It just keeps happening. You, yeah. you look over at a different company, it's like, oh, this one's now lost 2,000 mm-hmm. employees. <clears throat> there was a, <laughs> there's a funny article that, uh, was posted like a week ago or something that said like we're only in January and already tech the tech sec- sector has uh, laid up ha- or it said tech center has uh, laid twenty five thousand like uh, employees or whatever and all the comments were just like about time those guys got laid you know oh, all those nice. all those nerds over there working all super those hard nerds. yeah 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 they got laid just still not laid off yeah yeah I got you. Yeah, so uh, Activision layoffs, man. Yeah, Lots and I'm assuming this is this is because of Microsoft. I'm guessing, right? Because Microsoft's acquisition has gone through. I haven't been paying as much attention to yeah. it anymore. Yeah, um, the acquisition has gone through. There is some sort of like the government, or I think very later was like, "Hey, we need <clears throat> to keep looking at this," and so they might ah. reinvestigate the acquisition because the acquisition happened when like somebody was out of office or something. It was still a legal acquisition, but like basically the government screwed up and just didn't do their due diligence to like review <laughs> or stop a thing. Of course they did. <laughs> I think it's going to go through regardless. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it's possible the the government might that they step in, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, uh, Microsoft, Activision, whatever. The whole shebang did some layoffs, and it was a lot of people. Was it like 19,000 or something? I didn't know it was 19,000. I thought it was 1,900. Oh, 1,900. I think it... 19,000 would have been nuts. 
Okay. There was a lot though. Um, well, they have Microsoft, you know, just in total with all of their companies has over 200,000 uh, employees. So yeah. they could technically lay off that many, but like just, just in the gaming sector would have been nuts. Still, yeah. essentially 2000 is, uh, is a gigantic oh, yeah, 1900, amount. 1900. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's really crazy. And, um, like I've been, so I've been working with uh, uh, my partner who we're working on making the video game together. Yeah. He used to work at Unity and he was part of the Unity layoff process. And like yeah. he was in one of the rounds, like round three or something. They're still doing they have, rounds. They have rounds of layoffs? Good yeah, Lord. yeah. Well, I mean, it happened so long ago at this point, and I'm still watching the news, and it's like, Unity lays off another... More, more layoffs. ...amount wow. of employees, and you're just like, holy smokes. Like, I am so glad I didn't get a big tech job, because that's very much where my career was heading after college. Yeah. Um, I even had a job at EA for a little while, and it's just like... These are people with uh, 15, 20 plus years of programming being senior programmers getting canned, you know. I like, had a, there was a, a, a father I knew uh, growing up and mm -hmm. he got laid off from like Dell and he became a, a handyman because he like, he's an older, he's an older guy and they weren't going to hire an older guy. And so he had, a, he had to literally change his entire career path because of it. Uh, he's doing wow. very well now. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like that happens. Hey, there's it's been a, happening. There's good money in in that kind of work nowadays. Actually, it's, oh, yeah. it's interesting. he does very well for himself. Like he 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 landed on his feet. He's totally fine. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Um, mm -hmm. Just when you think you got some job security, yep. You're thinking about becoming an, uh, a game developer? Maybe look at the uh, indie sector or something. You know, it's a uh, it's the mm -hmm. wild west out there right now. Yeah, it's just so frustrating too because. You know, the market apparently is the best it's ever been. But then you look around, you're like, wait, why is everyone laying off, at least in the tech industry? Yeah. Yeah. It's scary stuff. Um, did you see the the leaked footage of Call of Duty's space game? Oh, I did. Yeah, it looked really cool. I know, right? Uh, it's... I think a lot of people were saying, I wish COD went, made a game all about that when... What was it? Infinity War, which yeah. was the one that had the space yep. sequence. Yeah, Infinity War. I, I can't remember if it was like Infinite War because now there's Halo Infinite, so I it always I'd always yeah. jostle it around. But I know what Infin you're talking about. Infinity War, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, the Avengers. <laughs> Call of Duty. I mean, all your Fortnite, favorite COD Fortnite characters. did the crossover. You know, at this point, I would expect COD to do something like it. But uh -huh. uh, yeah, people were saying they wish that there was a whole COD game that was just like the EVA space stuff. And yeah. apparently they were working on one, but Neversoft was making one in 2010 and they leaked the footage for it and it actually looks legit, but I can see... I didn't see... really see any gameplay. It was more like cinematics, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it looked like a very long COD quick time event. Actually, there was a lot more stuff leaked. I haven't watched through all of it. Um, oh, okay. Like a ton of footage was leaked and I was like, oh. can I make a video on this? Pretty sure I'm going to get striked yeah, immediately. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't do that. Which kind of sucks because you're like, hey man, this is 10 plus year old also, footage. Also, almost kind of journalism to some extent, you know? Yeah. Bit. You'd well, think I mean, you'd be somewhat protected, but they also have their own protection, so hard to say. It's all over Twitter and Reddit, but if it goes on YouTube, now you've broken yeah. the law, you know? You've, um, you've done you've done the worst crime ever. Uh, yeah. 
But it's so, it's interesting because it looks like Cod was doing the thing that looked more artistically creative, more more of a risk, but then they canceled it, which is unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. yeah I also was, heard it was a project that was meant to uh get the devs like working on a Call of Duty game and kind of get them used to making COD games and stuff. So the fact that it was canceled wasn't the worst because they were it was more of a practice than anything yeah. else. But I doubt it was, you know that was their main goal was just practice. Cause there's no way they're going to spend yeah. that kind of resources two and time years and a dev yeah. team yeah, yeah, practicing. Yeah. You're like, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, also you just hire people that know how to make a video game. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> We're going to train up this kindergarten class to make video games. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It, Maybe that would be the next, the next cool, uh, you, you see stories, uh, like that recent one for, the the racing game you know uh not forza but the other one and uh, they become race car drivers you know it could be something like that oh, you take yeah, high school Grand kids Turismo. and then they they yeah the Gran Turismo that you take high school kids and you teach them how to make a call of duty game and it actually doesn't suck ironically or unironically that actually legitimately could make for a really great game because you've got fresh ideas for mm -hmm. like kids that are you know they always have good ideas well some of them are terrible but that could well, be a good way of actually getting new it's, ideas. It's into one of the, the ironies of the big game development world. So outside of the indie world, one in the you know Activision, EA, Ubisoft world, by the time you get to the level where you are the guy that's like picking and choosing what game project you're gonna make, yeah, you're so far past your like young enthusiastic years of game development that. Yep. You're like, well, you're kind of behind the times with your ideas. You're playing it safe. You, you're just not at the prime years of making video games, essentially. So that's why all these big AAA studios have relatively safe, relatively non-innovative games coming out. And it's well, just kind it's of ironic. Because they're, they're, they're making games, and they're, this is true for almost the entire entertainment industry. They make games where and movies that they think people will want. They're not making something that they want to yes, make. Yes, yes. Right? And yeah. then the passion starts to go away. And so you can tell that passion isn't there. And then I think that makes for a worse project. Yeah, well, it's like it's the very nature of big industry is you've got all these employees, you've got all these teams, you've got to make a game. So yep. they have to make a game because it's their business to make a game. Otherwise, they have to shut down the company so they're very much just have to keep trying to make things that are fun and inspiring where an indie dev is usually like hey i've got this crazy idea for a game does somebody want to make it with me and so you start yep. from a place of usually true inspiration and passion imagine if indie games had more money than they do now how much more interesting the the game market would be yeah. in well, the long run. I, we're sort of seeing that effect in the sense that the engines are becoming so much more powerful and so much more True. capable and the asset stores are so much more fleshed out with content that they're, the quality of those indie projects is getting so much better. Um, I mean, just look at Power World. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Power World, Power World doesn't have like a giant... I don't, I don't think they've got a ton of money behind them. And from the stories, the developers weren't really that, you know, uh, I wouldn't say good, <laughs> but they were, they apparently didn't have a lot of experience. More. I read uh, through that a bit more and that yeah. it's kind of terrifying. I, uh, I was talking with Rich, my, my 
dev partner who's actually like a good programmer and knows all this uh-huh. stuff. And he's like, I don't know if I totally buy all that because the way they were talking about building the game um, on flash drives instead of having a source control, it sounds insane. That does sound insane. Like absolutely insane. If you're going to yeah. get that far in any project, you would absolutely know how to use GitHub or one of the other source control softwares just to like, it just seems totally, totally wild to be like, just bonkers. Here's the latest build of the game on like a floppy disk. You know, you're like, what are you talking about guys? Like, there's no way you made this game like that. But, um, the, the developer saying that he was not a trendsetter, he was a trend follower and like, it didn't, he can't, he, all he wanted to do was make a game that would be popular. He wasn't like inspired by all the stuff. And I'm yeah. Like, and that's, and that's actually, that's a great counterpoint to what I yeah. just said is that maybe, you know, sometimes it works where you're just, you, you're, you're following the trends. You follow something where you think people will like, and it turns out, yeah, you're right. They, they liked it. Yeah. Did you, so Nintendo's looking into power world. I don't know. If I you think saw that, that was more of just them telling people to shut up. We know, stop, stop yeah. messaging us. Well, they did. Did you see that they um, did a DMCA takedown over the Pokemon mod for Pal World? Oh, yeah. Well, that was just because, yeah, I think yeah. that guy was just trying to get publicity and sure. really walking the line of like, what are you doing? And I, don't, yeah. I don't even think it was them. I thought it was the story that I heard was that it was the um, the website that hosts a lot of the like Nexus mm-hmm. um, that hosts the mods was like, stop. <laughs> Because oh. we're going to get in trouble. No, right? I, I heard that Nintendo issued a Was DMCA. it Nintendo itself? Okay. All right. um, but yeah, it, basically, it's kind of funny because he makes a Pokemon mod for the Pokemon ripoff game, at which point yeah. it looks just like Pokemon. Just like it. <laughs> which like, is oh, cool. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like It was a good mod. the Pokemon Pikachu game that I would love to have. Yeah. Well, it's very funny also just seeing Pikachu with a pickaxe, like doing manual labor like yeah or or a gun <laughs> yeah yeah he's in your quarry you know uh-huh. and you're whipping him mine uh-huh. more rock well you Damn never it, i don't know if you ever bring out a whip but yeah yeah no it's a pal i don't know what, mod, a, don't know what a, mod you were playing we call it a pal rope okay mm. matt there's no cruelty mm. in this of game of course yes <laughs> it's a friend of rope <laughs> <laughs> it's a friend rope. It's a tickle rope, we call it. Just it just shows how much you care. The yeah, more, see, the when, more you, you... when you hit them with it, they laugh because it's a tickle rope. And they go, ha, 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 okay, we'll work more. Stop tickling us. This is getting weird. Yeah, well, Pal World's pretty freaking weird, okay? It is a pretty weird game, yeah. And uh, I had sold over, last I checked, over 8 million copies. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Such insanity. Bonkers. They're making so much money. And, you know, cool. Yeah. Did you hear that, speaking of Nintendo, uh, there was a Switch 2 leak, potentially Switch Mm. 2 coming out this year, Mm. and it's going to be, guess how powerful, Matt? PlayStation 4. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, I already kind of looked into it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I cheated. I know. It's just so... You always want Nintendo to come out with something that's like it's gonna be powerful. There's no that? way though, like I it's because it's like hand. They, it's like I think they do it intentionally. They're like we want our games to look like ass. Yeah. Uh, so and deal they're gonna with sell it. better than anybody else's games because we're yeah. gonna make them so damn good because we know what yeah. we're doing over. They do. We make games with passion. They do. I mean, like they have franchises that people love so dearly that 
like when they bring in well, new I believe, designer and they're just so great when they make it. I believe game. Pokemon is the biggest game franchise or actually the biggest franchise, not just game in the world. So Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. Dang, dude. Like the most well recognized largest franchise. It's nuts. It's pretty crazy. It's uh, <laughs> I you the guy invented it so long ago and that's just <laughs> you know? like that's just a check you cash, man. You just, you just keep cashing, His right? family is set for life, Oof. literally, well, forever. Dude, you know, can you imagine... the world doesn't blow up. If you had a, a Pokemon, like, a Pokemon mansion, and you'd had, like, two giant Pikachu statues, like, lining the driveway, go, gold-plated Pikachu statues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that kind of money, you absolutely could afford it, too. God, that's what I would do, man. I'd have some crazy-ass Pokemon you mansion. You just make really gaudy, just statues of every Pokemon as it lines. You, you, yeah, you, you keep having to push your long. mansion backwards every time a new generation comes out, because you need more statues, so your driveway needs to get longer and longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it, yeah. dude. Of yeah. a Pokemon shaped swimming pool, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but just like fine craftsmanship, right? Like, of course, yeah. Like no, Michelangelo David esque mm -hmm. Pikachu statues in, <laughs> in yep. the foyer. Um, that would be awesome. I hope no, that I'm exists. So going back to the Switch, I I mean, I will probably pick it up because it's my job to play video games, but I'm also not super enthusiastic because it's. I'm assuming it's just going to be more of the same, which is fine. Um, yeah. But I haven't really used my Switch all that much. Like, it's I use it when, like, family and friends are over or something every, you know, once in a blue moon. Well, do you uh, think... Do you think Nintendo's going to try and do something crazy? Because that's sort of their MO with a console, that is, right? Yeah. It's like you had the GameCube, which was sort of weird, and then the N64, very different for its time compared to what else was on the market. And then uh, the Wii... Right? That mm -hmm. thing was super weird. The little Very motion strange. controllers yep. and stuff. Um, and then Switch, obviously, completely throwing a 180 and being like, whoa, we're we're going handheld and not handheld. Like, enjoy, guys. So yeah. you think Switch 2 is just going to be the same thing? You think the innovative years are over behind them, maybe? I don't know if they're behind them, but I feel like the handheld is almost a little endgame-y for them where I don't really know how much more they could push handheld unless they start getting into like AR, like, you know, augmented reality and oh, VR yeah. and stuff like that. Like I could see them going into that direction um, because I mean, Xbox was doing that with the 360, right? They had like the, the Xbox connect and right, that, right. that could have been really cool, but no one wanted it back then. Like it was just like, DDR fans. It was you hated. Know, basically yeah. that was, that yeah. was the market as people who wanted to do those little dance games, you know, and yeah. that was about it. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. So it's an interesting I could, idea. I could see them innovating and going, especially into augmented reality. I could see, definitely see that, but uh, hard to say. I mean, they've got some really clever people there. Yeah, it's getting it's going to get interesting because Valve. I I can't remember if they officially announced it or if it's been leaked or rumored that the the next Switch or not Switch uh, Steam Deck mm -hmm. is in the works. And I I personally like the Steam Deck. I think. The version one is a little too loud and noisy with the fan and stuff. Uh, so it's not as cool. It's not quite as convenient as the Switch is to play. The Switch is like has mm -hmm. has better engineering in it. Although I will say the ergonomics of the Switch are horrible. Like you play that thing for any extended period I of time. I never use the handheld. I always I just use a controller. I bought yeah, yeah. I bought their elite their elite controller and it's it's worked really well. 
Yeah. So like for the Switch, anyone who uses the handheld version frequently, Mm -hmm. most of them buy like controller add-on things that make it more ergonomic. Otherwise your hands cramp like so bad. Because it's tiny. Yeah. And it's just, they went for aesthetics over ergonomics. And so it's like this just weird grip. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I'm playing Zelda. And then your hands are like dead on you. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm curious to see how the Steam Deck disrupts the the Switch market, or if it will at all. Maybe those markets don't not. overlap that much, but they really do have their own ecosystem. Yeah, I am excited about the Steam Deck. I, I think Valve is actually on to like a really good product there, and like the yeah. whole uh, Linux based gaming system is going to be. It's cool. Like it's it's making a demand for it now, and lots of. Developers are figuring out how to get games to run well on Linux, uh, Proton, whatever the the branch of Linux is that they use over there. It's uh-huh. just um, they're they're making waves. I'm I'm excited about it. I like playing certain games on the Steam Deck more than I do on like a PC because it's just fun to have it handheld. And Convenient. Some, yeah, some titles work really well there. So. It's cool. They just got to work on some of the the sound, the heat generation, uh, all that kind of stuff. Which is tough. Yeah, it is hard because you're like, yeah, I want more power and less noise. In a smaller in a smaller package. Please and thank you. Yeah, like we're kind of limited by yeah, we're (laughs) limited by uh, you know, thermodynamics here. So, (laughs) going back to uh, innovation though, imagine a Pokemon game, Pokemon glasses where you walk around like Pokemon Go and instead of just looking at your screen and like, hey, there's a poke, it like comes out of the tree in front of you in augmented reality. Like, bro, (laughs) people would lose their mind over that. Are you kidding me? If it actually worked properly, that would literally change the world. That, yeah, for sure. Well, it would be like, um, it would be as big, if not bigger than Pokemon Go when it first came out, Oh, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, that would be nice. If it was a relatively cheap and inexpensive, yeah. That would, I mean, yeah. I, I I have no problem imagining all these fantastic AR games where you're just like, oh, wouldn't that be cool if you could do, I, I mean, I used to go airsofting all the time, right? And it's like, okay, imagine that, but with augmented reality where it's <laughs> it's putting like muzzle flashes over your weapons and uh-huh, your, uh-huh. and putting realistic explosions over grenades, you know, like uh-huh. you could do all this crazy stuff with it where you could have your little simu- simulated war game that looks very authentic um, right. and, or accurately tracks incoming shots so people can't cheat or say they didn't get hit or something like that. So you could have people that are like, oh yeah, that's, it's, it's tracking where your shot is and you're out of the game. You got hit twice or three times. And so now your, your life points are gone. Like uh-huh. there's so much you could do with that. Um, it's pretty exciting, but I still think we're a little ways off. Apple launched, oh, we're, we're a ways off. Yeah. Apple launched their AR VR headset for what is it? 3,500, something crazy. Super expensive. Yeah. I, I still don't know anyone who owns one. Do you know anyone? Yeah. But I don't also hang out with people, so. Well, but, but we are right in the middle of gaming tech, right? If we, if we don't know anyone that has an AR VR headset, then like, did anyone buy the damn thing? Like, yeah, it just seems like such a weird product. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's going to take a while though. I did think of a funny situation. Someone falls asleep with their glasses on, they wake up and there's this giant Mm. Pokemon in their room. They think Mm -mm. like panic for a split second because they don't realize it's a Pokemon. They think (laughs) it's. Dude, you know what's going to be weird is 
because uh, this is going to be like a Black Mirror episode. I don't know if you've watched a lot of Black Mirror, but no, I've told you it freaked me out too much. I was I watched the episode where everyone like liked their post, and if yeah. you didn't like their post, it like yeah. Yeah, that one's that one's uh, I enjoyed that one a lot, but I you, the reality of it, you're like, holy shit, this is the future. <clears throat> yeah. um, no. So AR. So think about this, dude, is, you know, how on um, Snapchat or I guess basically any chat uh, software or TikTok, whatever they got face filters, right? You know, you yeah. put on your your cutesy makeup filter. Yeah. You can you can become a, a monster. You can make your eyes bigger. You can do whatever, right? Um, that in real time, in real life, you yep. could put face filters on other people. <laughs> yep. No, absolutely. I think people will start like going like all in on it and be like, I'm... And you like it transmits it to people, so like they they decide what their avatar looks like, kind of a thing, right? Yeah, you're like, uh, and then they uh, just become today, an anime character. Today, my wife is uh, Nicki Minaj. You know, I'm gonna play that fantasy for hey, a week. Oh, that now that's getting creepy when you start becoming other people. Ooh. I mean, dude, that is happening for sure. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's gross and weird and cool at the same time for some things, but. Yeah, well, yep. it could become that weird pseudo reality of everybody having avatars almost, right? Yeah. Where you're like, I'm the anime. I, I just look like anime Matimio, you know, right? When you mm -hmm. walk around and that's how you look in the AR world or something. And what if people got comfortable with that where people preferred that you had your AR glasses on. They're like, don't look at me without your AR glasses on. I don't have makeup on or I'm ugly. <laughs> can or you I... imagine? To yeah. I can absolutely imagine can it, too. dude. Yeah, right? Yeah, that would be that'd be wild. Absolutely, though. But then you could just take off the glasses and you could just see everyone what they yeah, normally well, look like. Yeah, well, what if people are like, what if you they have start shaming like, you? nightclubs where it's like, no uh like ar glasses only like if you take off uh -huh. your glasses you you got to get out you know people don't i mean want... you could just do this <laughs> i guess well who knows what they'll become in the future maybe they'll become yeah like maybe, maybe Jordy's everyone just got eye, giant eye visor yeah. you know you uh -huh. can't see around it just, ah, who knows man the the future is exciting and scary hmm. well there there definitely were some black mirror episodes and um there's it wasn't Black Mirror, but it was like a show that was kind of like Black Mirror that was like mm -hmm. more of a, a, a serial type thing where it just went from episode to episode of the, following the same people. But the daughter in that show, and it takes place slightly in the future, has this face hologram uh, emitter. And so she's okay. always some sort of like cutesy anime person talking yeah. in a weird way. And... The parents are like getting annoyed because she has it on during meal why time. Why do they always talk like that? By the way, why? Why? I don't know. Why did, did you do that? Uh, you're closer to it than me, man. I, I'm not though. I, you I hate your body it's, pillows. I hate, just talk like a normal. What do you mean? <laughs> you said you would stop bringing up the body pillows, little cat. <laughs> you and your anime body pillows, okay? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't know why they talk like that. Because you're like, that's not actually if they relax their vocal cords. That's yeah, not that's how not you how speak. They, that's not really. how they sound. Continue though. I, I I didn't mean to interrupt. I did though. Yeah. Uh, so so the the daughter won't take off the the um, holographic projection over her face and the voice augmenter, and uh -huh. so the parents are getting annoyed because she keeps doing it at like dinner time, and then 
it just becomes an issue where she doesn't ever want to take it off and it's like her identity and you're like yeah if that technology existed i could totally see young people like yes I mean, it's already happening right now it. with face filters with with the image that they have of themselves online is different from what they see in you know in in reality because yeah. like if you can just click a button and all of a sudden all your blemishes go away if you know your cheekbones slightly shift if, yeah and all of a yeah. sudden you become you know prettier the yeah. then you, uh, like, you don't even want to show people your can you imagine that catfishing in this day and age i am so glad i'm not dating anymore my god yeah, me, t- me too oh <laughs> boy swipe on <laughs> swipe on it well your profile matt i've seen your profile with the the head of luscious locks you look like <laughs> hey, okay, fabio all right all right Come matt on, looks you like have the fabio like on uh on um god what are the dating apps i don't even know man tinder uh, i don't really I, don't, I actually haven't used a single dating app before so yeah. I don't know. matt's tinder profile Hinge. is is fab is it's just you but with fabio hair and you're uh-huh. in the sunlight yeah <laughs> yeah beautiful luscious locks yeah, and then people show up and you're like oh i just got it i got a trim yesterday you know, that's <laughs> yeah, why yeah. why well, your hairline's receded though trimmed it a lot okay <laughs> yeah oh my gosh that i mean because people used to catfish back in my day and age and yep. that took some effort right you had mm-hmm. to like know somebody with photoshop or yep. like do some crazy crap with your camera or something uh but nowadays you're just like oh yeah just hit the button that makes me look crazy hot Yep. like yeah that's gonna be it's gonna and be it wild. does too it's wild how it like completely changes people's face but still sort of looks like them at the same time yeah yeah you know talking about apple's uh headset and um just their cool cool company and stuff the eu finally passed a law that basically will prevent apple from trying to stop people from installing software via third party things so it's called it's called side loading basically where you can load apps via a different process than the app store yeah um so they passed the law basically make making it so that the app store has less of a stranglehold over people who want to make software for ios which seems like a good idea it's kind of how computers are set up but uh for whatever reason a phone is not a computer so they have complete control over these app stores for them um well they they of course want to have complete control because yeah they want their they want their their 30 enclosed garden yeah exactly enclosed garden and 30 percent. yeah and having just kind of weird arbitrary rules and control over every app on the store and what they can do um yep. they're very aggressive prices but so they didn't pass the law in the states because i don't know they they paid off the right senators or something. <laughs> Probably, um, yeah. Yeah, not Knowing even us. not even a joke, really, at this point. Pr- mm-hmm. Almost certainly. But uh, I think it is a preview of what's to come in the states. Is maybe maybe we'll stop uh, with some of this exclusivity over here, and uh, we'll have to see what happens because obviously there's a huge amount of the the Apple store on an iphone is still going to carry a huge amount of weight if your product does well there then it it's going to be like steam on a pc right is like if you don't launch your game on steam well then it just doesn't really launch on the pc right you can want you have the option really 
not really comfortable with like oligarchs and and monopolies yeah. for a lot of stuff, especially for gaming. I don't know why gamers are so keen for just Steam and only Steam. We're really like, stupid. I, I get it because it's convenient. Yeah, but we, we do realize it's we bad. We are collectively in the long run, right? stupid because do you remember when Epic Game Store launched and people were like. No, never. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay, I get it. It's epic. They're a big corporation. We don't yeah. want another big corporation having a game launcher. But at the same time, do you not want? They were, they were doing fifteen percent or ten percent uh, cuts for indie devs, and indie right. devs were yeah. like, "This is great because Steam is a thirty percent cut." But gamers were like. No, we don't want another client. This is the worst thing ever. And it's like, yeah, but yeah. competition, guys. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. It's just so silly. Yeah. But like you're saying, we like we like our oligarchs, our, our controllers. The We like our Gabins to tell us what is great. I mean, when Gabin is gone and he will be gone someday, uh, who takes over, guys? Like, come on. The golden era of Steam could become the nightmare era of Steam. And honestly, for indie devs uh, or any dev publishing there, 30% is a huge amount of your revenue. I think it's about it. If an indie dev makes, if they got three employees and their game makes, I don't know, 300 grand mm -hmm. total, and now you're giving up 30% of that. I mean, like those devs are not getting paid that well. And so it's just like a lot of those guys are scraping by and 30% off the top to scrape by is kind of crazy. I wish they would yeah. employ something that was a little more lenient. That was uh, kind of like how um, Epic does with the Unreal Engine, right? Is any developer can use their engine and you don't owe them anything until you've sold over a million dollars worth of your product, right? And then, right. And then even then it's 5%. It's not... 30% or something crazy. So a really good example of this in real time is Audible. Um, yeah. Amazon owns Audible and there's like no competition. There's almost no competition. It's basically Monopoly and yeah. they they rule with an iron fist to the mm -hmm. point where if you try and launch on another platform, you get like, it's an unbelievably small percentage of the actual revenue on Audible itself. They're like, oh, you want to, you actually want to post this somewhere else? Well, that's funny. We get almost, I think they get most of the money from the book sales. What? And yeah, it's crazy. Uh, oh I'd have to look God. into it further, but it's it's very bad. And so big, there's some really big authors like Brandon Sanderson, for example. He's well off enough where he can actually fight back a little bit yeah. and be like, no, I'm going to be on another platform because it's just the principle of the thing. Because if you give one company too much power, which could happen to Steam, if like there was just, okay, we give up, Steam's the only place now, um, they could be like, oh, well, now we get 40%. What are you going to do? Where, yeah. where are you going to go? There's nowhere to go. We're the only option. 40%. For sure. There's, there's nothing stopping Steam from changing that policy. And that's kind of like what that whole uh, Unity freak out was too right is like unity is the most widely used game engine in the world mm -hmm. and they just were like hey we're gonna start charging for install fee oh yeah what other companies doing an install fee charge i think it might have been was it apple somebody started saying they were gonna i think it was apple saying that they were gonna start charging install fees on apps or something like that something crazy right so yeah. they can retroactively go 
and screw your whole financial model for yeah. your game. You'd have, like, to deli- you'd have to delist it at that point. Yeah, it's well, it's totally wild to think about because imagine as a developer, you plan your whole financial model around. You're like, this is how much we think we can make. This is how much we're going to spend on devs and resources uh, mm-hmm. to make the game because of our financial plan. And then just randomly later, the company that you're distributing on is just like, eh, we're going to change it to 40%. Eh, maybe 50%. You're like, oh my God, our entire financial model is screwed. We're in the red. We're bankrupt. Yeah. It's, it's a bit too much control. It's a bit freaky. And, um, I don't, I don't know what the solution is because gamers, we don't teach economics at a young age in the U S here because we don't, we don't even teach our, our young ones how to do taxes. So (laughs) yeah. Well also let's be honest, the tax system, do you know how screwed up the tax system is in the States? Like people don't need to file taxes. The government has all of that information. Right. It's stupid that, but you have the like H and R block and tax services who have lobbied to be like, no, yeah, we yeah. need this because it makes jobs. It's like cool. Yeah, so you're forcing everyone to pay money so that I mean, okay, I mean, jobs are cool and everything, but it's a little lame. Yeah. Into it, into it, the owners of TurboTax literally pay. They they lobby senators like every single year yeah. to continue making the taxation system extremely complex and difficult to do, so that people will buy their software. And you're know, just like, yeah. son of a bailer. Yeah. It's, it's gross. It's really gross. Yeah, a lot of countries are just like it's it's all calculated for you. You just pay the thing, you know. And a whatever. lot of people don't even realize how the tax brackets even work. Like I oh, like yeah. most people well, that's well, why there's you a lot hire of people a, an accountant because well, you need that. somebody it's, it's, who's dedicated to it. It's the idea that they don't want to get a raise because they are in another tax bracket and oh, that yeah. means that they'll increase that their taxes. Like no, it's not how that works at all. Like yes, you pay more taxes on the little bit that went into the next tier. But everything else is at the previous bracket or whatever. And some people legitimately don't know that. And it's heartbreaking. Mm, I thought there were some situations where if you if your income increases slightly, you will actually end up making less because of the higher tax bracket. It is very complicated. So I'm not going to sit here and act like I I know the entire tax code or anything like that. But my understanding is that, no, it's a different bracket and it's only the bracket once you get into that bracket, everything after that is taxed at that higher that higher rate. Everything else is at the lower the lower end. Did you see that? Uh, it was like a viral TikTok or something of like the chick trying to talk about. She's like having a, a taxation epiphany where she's like, "Okay, so if I get paid a dollar, uh huh, and then that dollar gets taxed." But then I take that dollar and I buy something and I'm paying sales tax. And then that dollar goes to the person <laughs> and, and that company has to pay tax on the income that they made. And then that dollar they pay to the employee. And then it was just really funny watching her brain like deal with it. And you're like, yeah, yeah it's you, called taxes. Yeah. Not only is it called taxes, but like the just the insanity of taxes, uh, how the government just keeps taking get recycling the taxation on every time that money moves you're like i wonder why they're trying to stop like independent cryptocurrencies and stuff from taking root or becoming legitimized in the states well i mean cryptocurrency is also super shady in a lot of respects but i i hear you yeah 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 well i mean a lot of countries would fight against um an independent currency that is not government controlled because right yeah then they lose their power 
I mean, I, I hate taxes just like the you know everyone else, but I also understand that to some extent they do serve a, you know some purpose. The government there, there needs is, some there money. There is some purpose. The to government it. needs some money to function, but right. I mean, not as much as they currently have. And they're oh my god, I mean, you just see how they misspend it, and you're like, great, glad my money's yep. going there. Yeah, yeah. But we uh, live in a society. Yeah, yeah. So I've been um, uh, for my birthday I went to Ground Control in Portland, which is an arcade, and. Oh. Two purposes. One, going to arcades is fun. They have yep. lots of classic pinball machines there, and I like pinball, like from, you know, early 90s, late 80s era pinball machines. They're cool. It's fun, but I'm researching them because I, I want to get one for me eventually. Oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a pinball machine, Matt. I feel like you're going to use that only a couple of times, and it's going to just collect dust. No offense. But it's no, gonna, it's just going to collect us. That is a fair concern. And um, I'm actually looking at a V pin machine, virtual pinball. Oh, so those are called uh, video games. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's going to run on my computer. And <laughs> no, so so V pins are really crazy, man. So they <laughs> they they have like a 4K 120, 144 hertz screen laid and down. It's the entire end of it, like like a normal pinball, but it's just yeah. a screen instead. But then under or behind the screen, they put in uh, basically the the motors, the solenoids that will like knock around the table. And so when you press the button to hit the flipper, it'll you'll feel it like vibrate the table. Feel the flipper, yeah, that's um, cool. And they have like a physical plun uh, plunger that you pull back, you know, and it'll, you'll see it represented on the screen and they're expensive. They're like almost, I was going to say that there is as much as an actual pinball machine, but, uh, you I would can have assumed run it would have been more, but like a thousand different tables of pinball on it. Yeah. So if you're like, well, I like Jurassic Park pinball and you buy a Jurassic Park pinball machine, that's the only game you ever get, right. which is fine for a lot of people, but yeah, also you now you get to play any pinball game that you want. So it's I don't know. I'm looking at it and I'm kind of debating between the two. The problem with classic pinball is like so a lot of the machines are from like 1993. Like they're old. They're collectors right. items. Yeah. So they do appreciate in value, which is kind of cool. They can you can almost look at them as like Bro, this an investment. is a mid I know you're almost at 40, but you're not supposed to actually hit a midlife crisis. Come Bro, on. Bro, this is right in the vein of what I do. Okay. <laughs> I've got Star Wars minifigures that are You're over here like, all right, all right, I gotta stop making some big purchases of pinballs now. <laughs> it's gonna bring me happiness. Hey man. Uh it's it does sound cool. I yeah. I did not know about the the V machines though. That's really neat. Yeah, I grew up playing pinball, so it's um, it's not just like a random idea. I'm like, yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to have one. Um, one of my friends growing up had like kind of a smaller machine in his house, and like we played it all the time. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at getting one, but I'm I'm very seriously considering V pin just because uh, maintenance of a pinball machine is like, oof, I'm not sure I'm ready to get into that. It's like having another hobby basically is really to yeah. maintain it well because i mean have you ever seen a pinball machine they've got like no. 20 servo or not even servo, just motors in them you oh. open it up and it's like a thousand wires because oh, yeah when you hit boards. when you hit something they it bounces off and it like register yeah I guess that's true yeah the, each one has like a hundred flashing lights 20 yeah, motors point. all these parts so 
They have to be cleaned, maintained, waxed, all this stuff pretty regularly. And then if these old machines break down or if it's a, if it's a rare part, you know, they've mm-hmm. got all these weird, interesting parts that could cost you four or 500 bucks in parts alone just to get the things from made from 1993 yeah. back in your machine. So I'm like, Ooh, okay. V pin starting to make a lot more sense in the maintenance department. If I were you, I would go with the V pin, but I also have n- no idea about pinball so yeah i'm looking at it i'm looking at it man but it's pinball's fun i like pinball be a fun a hobby kids would like it probably too oh yeah no my kids would go nuts on it for sure that's the game and i'm doing matt i don't know about you what games you're playing but i'm playing pinball <laughs> i'm playing pinball how much do I actually go for a lot uh the v pin machines shop. i'm looking at are like around eight grand that's a lot of money. Yeah. Um, that is uh, that is a lot of money. That's around how much like a good classic pinball machine, like a well-maintained classic pinball will go for. You can get them around four or 5,000 too. Depends which one you get. But What is with websites never showing their uh, price of stuff? You have to like order and then it's like click on your credit card. Like, yeah. no, tell me be- how much it is before I even click on that. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> what do you I, mean? There's too many websites nowadays that like, break that rule and it's it's so annoying you're like yeah just put it in your cart i just want to know the price yeah yeah just put it in your cart cart. go to checkout and then we'll tell you you're like screw you i'm leaving your website and i'm gonna find somebody (laughs) else who puts the prices up like yeah you shasty bastards yeah yeah um yeah the pinball stuff is crazy there's a lot uh in or the pacific northwest portland area has tons of pinball stuff so it's kind of cool but it's pricey if you want to buy one it's cheap if you want to go to an arcade now you just get like a little card and you have a good um, time yeah man uh great time playing classic classic stuff it's funny because people are like oh like an old school arcade and i'm like i think they're all old school at this point <laughs> yeah i think um, any arcade is gonna be pretty old school yeah, it's all like crazy taxi era games and earlier, God, I love, right? I love that game growing up. Oh my God, that was so fun. Yeah, I think they're making a new crazy taxi. I, mm. I think I saw like a little snippet about that somewhere. That'd be a good time. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know, I, I don't know why I always keep bringing this up. Do you see the uh, Call of Duty actually came out and talked about skill-based matchmaking? Yeah, I did see that. Um, I didn't read, a, I saw the little circle graphic of like, showing all the different things they factor into it but um yeah. i didn't deep dive into it i didn't read about it well the one quote that i thought i want to just read to you because okay. it, i thought it makes perfect sense and uh i think a lot of people just completely just i mean it, in my eyes it's like obvious but apparently so anyways uh this is the quote our data shows that when lower skill players are consistent are consistently on the losing end they're likely to quit matches in progress uh, in progress or stop playing altogether. Mm-hmm. This has an effect on the player pool. A smaller player pool means that wait times for matches increases and connections may not be as strong as they should be. This can compound over time to create a spiraling effect. Eventually, only high skill players remain because low skill players have quit out of frustration and the result is an ecosystem that is worse overall for everyone. And um, I love that they I, I feel I feel slightly vindicated because I'm like, yeah. I've been saying this the entire time. <laughs> like I know there's frustrations around how they've implemented the skill-based matchmaking, but I think at its core, that is what they're going for is they're just trying to keep people around and make it a, a more enjoyable experience for a wider audience. 
I'm going to play devil's advocate here and say <laughs> that is some corporate bullshit for... What are they lying about, though? They're not lying. It's just the phrasing. So this is how you could phrase the exact same thing, which is um, we're going to sacrifice the quality of the high-end skill players because they make up a small percentage of the player base yeah. to increase our overall player pool and cater to yeah. the low-skill dum-dums who just want to hop no, 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 in no, no, and no, no, not no, get... not low skill, not low skill, your average player. Okay, fine. Whatever. Average, okay. average to low... It, average it to caters, below average, yeah. Yep. It caters most to the low skill. Um, yeah. Like, if you're low skill, skill-based matchmaking benefits you more than any other player category. Average Probably, is yeah. average. High skill, yeah. you get hit the hardest, right? Cause, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're the top... You're top five percent or whatever yeah from a purely business standpoint you want the biggest player base possible that's the most people buying yeah. skins and participating in your microtransaction system you want as many people playing as possible so this is just a fancy way to juice up the whole like oh we're creating a more healthy environment for who you're creating more people at the low to average areas by creating a false sense of competitiveness and, False sense? Well, yeah, because I, I mean, like, so when I, when, when little kids at Little League are playing Little Leaguers, that's a false sense of competitiveness. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, uh, my son, <laughs> my son was playing soccer this last year, yeah, and yeah. like, there's always some kid, like coach's kid, that's like crazy good, where you, yeah. they're just tears above everybody else, and it's fine. The kids see them, and they sort of like. Go, oh wow, that kid's way good. Some of them will rise to the occasion to try and like step it up. If you're only ever playing against people of your exact same skill level, you don't really see like this incentive or this inspiration to push your skills further beyond. Because if you're doing well, within well, that's that just skill assuming everyone's on your same skill level, and you're never fighting people that are like even slightly higher than you. But I, I, I got you. Yeah. I don't think there's a perfect solution. I just, I just think that this, is, this makes sense in the long term. Um, so I think the skill-based matchmaking in Call of Duty is, is scuffed. Um, but I think that there's a lot of weird criticisms that I think this is trying to quell a little bit because, yeah, they're, they're trying to foster a player base that will enjoy it in the long run. And if you just, if you just cater to the high, the high levels who are going to dunk on everybody, then that sucks for everyone else. So I guess, yeah, it sucks for, yeah. Well, does it though? So, okay. Do it. Just do the math equation of say, say a match. Well, do you, okay, no, 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 no. Before we get into that, just because, do you think that they're lying about the lower player base leaving if if they don't do what they're no, doing? No, no, I don't think they're lying about that. Uh, that's, so then, that absolutely why adds up? Yeah. So even though that might be just for business purposes, um, what's wrong? So what's what's bad about that? Well, if you segregate the player bases to a certain degree, where okay. What were you going to say? What were you going to say about the high school players? Okay, okay. So, say there's one high skill player in every yeah. 10 players, and yeah. that guy gets mixed into a match. Okay, yeah, he's going to dunk on some low skill players here and mm -hmm. there, but you're not going to... Every death and every engagement in a match of 10 players is not going to be that high skill player. It's going to be probably 1 out of 10, maybe a little higher than that if he's living longer and killing more people. Mm -hmm. But... uh the point is, is like you get a, a mixture of different skill levels. You dunked on that guy. Then you had a stand up firefight with another guy. And then you got dunked on by another guy. Like 
what they're doing is they're saying, hey, low skill players don't even like to get dunked on uh, at all. Like they just they're they're trying to like almost create a safe, padded, cozy environment for them to be like, I'm good at this game and nobody's that much better than me. Uh, Do you because mean they have fun. I mean, if that's what you're that's not my idea of fun. Is to think that uh, to be matched up with a bunch of other players who like yeah 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 yeah, yeah if I, I hear go you. To, I hear if, you if I go I'm to play devil's, I'm I'm also playing devil's advocate okay. at the same time just just so we're clear Matt if we go both if we both go and play golf and we both suck uh-huh. at golf yeah would a part of me thinks like it would be more fun if somebody of a higher skill was there and you could almost watch them play and be like oh this is what I need to do to get a little bit better. Right, like I mean, right. I'm just saying, having I get a good that. No, mixtures I, going of back skills to your, together. Going back to your 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 point with like soccer or recreational sports is that you will have players that are that are better, and you can aspire to them. That that gives you that little bit of umph. But they're still a fourth grader, right? They're not a, a you know a high schooler. You're not going against a high schooler, right? So there are still brackets within the like the, the skill bracket, right? Uh, of that. It's not, yes, they are better. They could even be significantly better. They could be a, you know, a savant or I don't, I don't know if I totally agree with all of that because I think some of the best gaming ages are like, you know, when you're 16, right? That's like, you could be at your prime in terms of reaction time and skill. So I don't I, know. I was more within the, the realm of sports. So yeah. a little leaguer is not going to be going against no, someone I know. who's in high school. That I know. Was the I'm point just I was trying, trying to make. make the same analogy in video gaming, which is like, okay, if you're playing COD, then you're probably capable of aspiring to whatever skill level you need to, right? Like mm-hmm. within your teen years and your young adult years, you can probably hit a fairly high skill level. Um, the problem I have with all of this is that Usually when I come into an FPS, I fall into the higher skill category of players. And yeah. when I want to play COD, like I hate playing COD because it's just a sweat fest. Everybody's right. using meta guns and I can't just like pick Which up Which is why a... I think the Call of Duty, I, and I want to make this crystal clear. I don't think Call of Duty does their matchmaking very well. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do agree with you. I just think that the idea that there's like skill-based, ma- like no skill-based matchmaking, like a lot of people claim like at all, I think is a mistake because of the reasons they just said that was, that's really mainly the thing that I harp on is literally no skill-based matchmaking whatsoever. I I will, I will concede and say that I think there's some things you can do with it to make foster an overall better community, but I don't believe for a second that Activision is trying to, they're just looking at the numbers purely. Oh, absolutely. They're doing it because they want to make this money. This will give us the most people, and we don't actually care equally about the different skill brackets. And it's why oh, yeah. you see so many players like uh, Shroud openly harping on the shittiness of COD and how crappy it is for high skill players and stuff because they're so obviously not interested in that player based demographic anymore. Yeah. At one point, they were. But they're they're they just want the money now. So I think that's what people are upset about is like if you are uh, a good gamer and you want to take COD more seriously, it's not a fun experience for you. It's just got to be approached as this sort of casual toss away experience uh, almost to a degree. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a good criticism. Absolutely. I will agree with you. Yeah. Well, I do Jason agree. says Matt's right. Okay. What the hell? <laughs> 
Well, what I think because Jason's in the category where he he doesn't like, and I don't blame him because he's admitted to me many times that he's older, his reaction time is slower, and trying to play games like Rainbow Six Siege and stuff like that, where there's this competitive nature to it. If he was just thrown to the wolves and had to go against Macy J every single game, it would be a miserable experience. Yeah. Yeah, Rainbow Six is a different beast entirely because it's such a high knowledge curve in that game. Yeah. Where you're just like, yeah, I could come in and maybe beat some of these guys in a stand-up firefight if we were in a parking lot on the map. Right. But when but they've not. got five walls between us and they know the map like the back of their hand, I don't, st I don't stand a chance. And maybe that's because I do come from like six years of playing Rainbow Six Siege every single day where matchmaking is a core integral part of it and not having MMR at all would just be nonsense. Maybe that's why I have this stance, like no match, like no yeah. skill-based matchmaking whatsoever just seems so foreign to me because like it's so integral to like what I was doing for so long. Um, mm. so, that brings up, that again, does bring up a very good point about the game mode being a very important component because yeah. Uh, Call of Duty is is mostly TDM, essentially, right? You mm -hmm, just throw yourself into a map, and you can engage any player on that map, and sometimes they'll flank you, sometimes you flank them. It's all just kind of up in the air, very nebulous experience, where Rainbow Six is like, yeah, it's 5v5, tight-knit, very, very strategic. If one player on your team isn't pulling their weight, that could throw the whole game, you know? Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So in that environment, I get it's it's a more it's a better experience if the teams are more even, right? Um, but even so, so even within that environment, I would prefer something where you can have a higher skill difference, but the teams try and match up the skill difference. If that makes sense, so like if you have a Matimio on each team and then a, a level cap on each team that feels more equal, even though we're different skills in that game, if that makes sense. I guess, but okay, I see what you're saying. I just feel like the person who is not as knowledgeable will just get wrecked and they'll just not have a good time. Yeah. I know when I when I when I get to higher ranks in in uh Rainbow Six, like it just becomes a headshot frag fest and it's not like the game just completely evolves into just headshots and aim and I don't like it anymore. And it just I get just dunked on. So I don't know. It's a hard, a hard question. We'll Good be debate, though. We'll that be was fun. I like I, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh, it comes up fairly regularly, but it's it's one of this. We're not going to be talking about it in the next year because everybody's going to be using those AI monitor cheats, and we'll of be of course, yeah. It'll uh. be skill based cheap cheap matchmaking or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those endless debates and. Uh, coming coming primarily from the Battlefield perspective, I think Battlefield greatly benefits from having a diverse set of a lot of mixed diverse yep. skills in one match. More which of is, a sandbox too, which allows yeah. people to get kills in different ways, and it's not as it's it, it's not as competitive. And I I agree. Yeah, it's definitely not one of these open and shut cases where it's like this is the situation for all games. It's like yeah, yep. there's a lot of factors that play into. Because I actually agree right with choice. you on, on Battlefield, 100%. I think that a skill-based matchmaking isn't required for Battlefield because I don't even know how you would. I don't yeah. even know how you would do that. Like vehicles, like if you're really good in a vehicle and your skill base, your skill is higher in a vehicle, but then you want to play as infantry, do you just get wrecked as an infantry for yeah until it's like lower? Like, no, that would be, that would be miserable. So Also, I, you don't have I'll the player you. base to skill-based matchmake 100-player <laughs> yeah, yeah, servers, yeah. you know, because it's just like, yeah, uh, 
you can do it at 10v 5v5, right? But once you get into 64, you're like, okay, let's just try and fill a game, guys. Don't work, forget about their skill. Yep. Yeah. I, I just I, thought it was fascinating that they came out with this discussing why they're doing it because I, I can understand where they're coming from. Um, I don't think it closes the debate or anything, but it's nice to kind of uh, kind of see from their perspective of why they've done it the way that they have. And while it might just be completely driven by money because they're a business and they want to make money. Uh, yeah, it's in, it's 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 good information to have. Yeah, it's not going to change whether or not I play COD, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm like, yeah, that ship has sailed, guys. I mean, it's like, like, cool. I, uh, I'm glad to hear it. I won't still be playing. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's for, you know, 50 other reasons in addition to SBMM, right? Right. It's mostly the auto aim controller crap that drives me that crazy. Is, it is nuts how they just never miss. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, I, when I join a server and I see it's like all PlayStation controllers, you know, because it tells you what platform they're on, I'm like, yep. like my reaction shouldn't be, oh God, but yep. that is what it, it is. is. It's like, it literally is that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so switching uh, subjects a bit, I see that you've been watching Masters of the Air. I have. I it's have pretty been good. watching it as well. I watched the first two episodes. I think that's the only ones that are out right now. Yeah. It's Very fantastic. Good. Yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah, uh, I'm so excited by that that series. I grew up watching. Um, there's a movie called Memphis Bell that's essentially about this exact thing, and it's okay. a, a B-17 named Memphis Bell after I guess the city. That, I'm assuming this is all based off of a true story, and they're not just making. Oh this yeah, all yeah, up. yeah. No, all of this stuff is. I believe Masters of Air is taking Masters of the Air is taking the same approach as the Band of Brothers stuff, which is uh -huh. these are real people that fought, and they're sort of telling their stories within it. So it might be romanticized a little bit in some respects, and but. It's yeah. possible, but I don't think I don't think the other shows really changed much. I think a lot of this stuff is pretty spot on. Okay. Um, and a huge amount of maybe not romanticized, but dramatized is would be a better word. Yeah. To use. Yeah. I, I mean, sure. I, I think they 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 add a little bit more charm in there, maybe you know, for certain elements of it. But life life usually isn't a cinematic, so. <laughs> Yeah, although I don't know, man. World War II was a crazy time, so you you don't know. Actually, some of that stuff might True. be pretty spot on. But this is a period of time for for anyone just who's like, "What the heck are you guys talking about?" This is a, <laughs> a show about B seventeen pilots in World War II, and this is a period of time. Not only is World War II one of the most covered historical events ever. But for good reason, the B-17 air campaign is especially covered. Uh, the book Catch-22 is based off of these guys. Like the whole book is about these guys running bombing runs and the and the insanity of it because their survival rate was so crazy low and their tours of duty, like completing one without dying was like not good odds. Horrible. And the uh, the ability to make it through it all while maintaining your sanity too was it was really nuts because these guys were doing daytime aerial bombing campaigns over parts of Europe that high Germans, priority high high priority targets yep, that are defended well defended with radar uh, assisted and flat cannons and 
these planes would go down like crazy. And they just got to fly in a straight line till you get to the bombing target. And just hope. Yeah. Just like, hopefully we don't all get blown up by a flat cannon. You're in these giant squadrons of planes and you're just seeing like, uh, you know, the plane on the left get blown up and go down on fire. And yep. you're like, well, could have been us. Wasn't. But hopefully it's not. And then the plane on the right gets blown up, goes down. Um, and then two seconds later, it's them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, yeah, and then you parachute out in enemy territory and you're like, oh, well, GG. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, GG. I knew, uh, growing up, we knew a, a B 25 pilot and he had been shot down three times during the war. Wow. And, um, he, and he said, survived. Yeah, he survived. And he said that, like, uh, uh, everything I'm seeing in the show sounds spot on with his stories. Because he'd say, uh -huh. like, you go into a big cloud bank, a cloud bank, you know, and you can't see any. They don't have the high end right. equipment back then. So they can't detect other plane proximity and stuff on their HUDs. They so basically could run into each other. Yeah. So they go into a big cloud bank and they come out and there'd be two, three less planes. They wouldn't even see them having crashed, but they would crash into each other in the clouds. And wow. then that would be, they'd just come out the other side and be like, oh, where'd the other planes go? Oh, they, wow. they yeah, uh, terrifying. He said one of the bombing missions he talked about was, I think they were doing a campaign in Africa and they're trying to hit like a German airfield or something. And they would put up these um, balloons these big kind of like weather balloons on steel cables and that would keep the planes from flying in because it would cut off their wings. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So they get in too close. And he said like, um, one of their, one of their campaigns, like one of the squadrons took off early and it was supposed to be a sneak attack and the squadron alerted the whole base and all the other squadrons there then got to the base later while everybody was ready to go on the defensive and they just got like massacred yikes you're just like hearing these stories and you're like this is the worst sounding thing of all time yeah and, and i mean it was literally i mean they say thousand feet sometimes and like the show portrays it pretty well but like it is free they're negative 50 degrees up there that's what i liked is that they showed off parts of war that are horrifying but aren't really you, you would never think about is being horrifying and, and the mm -hmm. cold being one of them yeah yeah so they all have to you all have to have your oxygen mask on those airplanes are not sealed at they all they have whole they have cut out windows on them for the machine gunners to shoot out yep. of so the and whole, they had to do that. Yeah. So the whole plane is 50 degree, negative 50. The guys are wearing like these crazy things. But, uh, you know, one of the episodes, the dude in the ball turret, like, you know, he gets chewed up a bit by shrapnel. And the thing that hurts him the most is that his, his actual clothing gets torn and he gets frostbite through the torn clothing because yep. he's just not being, yeah. And you're just the the uh, the guy that burns his hands on the gun because it's frozen i thought he burned yep. his hand on the gun because it was hot it was hot yeah he's trying to change the it was ammo because it's a weapon that it was like it because because when you fire a weapon for a long time it can heat up because just the metal friction and everything yeah and, but no it was because it was so cold it stuck to the oh it pulled his skin off his hands oh while it was horrible to, it was trying horrible. to fix a gun jam. it's not so for for those viewers uh don't watch this with your children it is not <laughs> a child show i mean it's world war so it should be already obvious but 
Like they show some Here, pretty kids, gruesome. This is Hitler. <laughs> they show some pretty gruesome, gruesome scenes. Yeah, and we're just two episodes in, and I think it's a fairly, fairly long series. I mean, they're I just, hope it is because it's very good. It's super good, and they're just at this point in the series, they're just bombing kind of sub pens and outside targets yep. and stuff they're not like really going that. deep in they haven't gone into germany yet you know and hit the big targets um yeah which uh, you know those campaigns were crazy where like i think sometimes like 50 percent of the planes would come back and you're just like what's Ooh. mind-blowing is how did we fund that how did we have the resources to fund that yeah the, uh, it's well just... the american campaign during the war is the craziest thing ever because we were able to outproduce like, I mean, the Germans had the Tiger tank and we had the Sherman and they just, they were not an equal match for a huge not portion of the war, but we could make tanks faster than they could blow them up. And that was like <laughs> the American strategy for a lot of it was just like, good Lord, we've got this production. We turned all the Ford motors plants into tank plants during the war. Yep. You know, we just yep. turned the entire economy we, into the a entire war economy machine, was a war machine. Yep. And it was just something that the Germans were like, well, we can't compete with this. Yeah, they're shooting down B-17s like crazy. We're building them like crazy, you know? Um, Isn't that wild to get your entire country basically geared towards one thing? Yeah. It That's totally, insane. It's yeah, insane yeah. to me. Can you imagine it, that today? Um, Not really. I can't. No, be, I can't because... There's no situation that in my head makes sense in this way. Be yeah. it, it's it'd be too disastrous, and it's like um, the only thing the only, only thing I could see is aliens. Aliens show up. We have to defend ourselves. Oh, like um, like the the in, Independence Day. Independence Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The entire yeah. world has to band together. <laughs> <laughs> if aliens show up, we are so effed. If they are so screwed. If they have yeah. the tech for interstellar travel, they're gonna yeah, into the one button push away from us all being dead. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, we're not gonna be like, come on, guys, like it's the last battle. Yeah, get out, get out your, you know, your AKs, baby. Come on, yeah. get your out of your bunker. I do love Independence Day though. That movie is movie. one of my like It is fantastic. Summer it's poss possibly one of the all-time great summer blockbusters, you know, back when they used to have summer that. blockbusters yeah it was a good time yeah did you ever see the sequel to independence day nope Oof. i heard it was great yeah well yeah i don't even remember most of it it was so good um yeah it's it's a shame that they can't they can't do those the sequels it is a shame roland emmerich i think he did all the big he does all the big disaster films um like 2012 and stuff. I oh believe. yeah, was did he do that too? I think so. Yeah, he just does all the ones where like the world explodes for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a giant asteroid, aliens. 2012. The, I, I don't know if he did. He make the day whatever that. Oh, yeah, yeah I think so. Many so many day before, day after, whatever. Oh, I can't um, stand that naming convention anymore. Yeah, it's me too either. Much. Um. So there was some truth behind it, where we are moving in the direction where the there's so much um, fresh water going into the ocean that it might stop some of those currents, especially by. Uh, Are you talking about the day after 2012 or something? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the one that starred Jake Gyllenhaal, like 20 okay. years ago. Oh yeah, that had the super storm in it, right? And that yeah, was so, due to the, the water temperature of the ocean. 
So yeah, it, it basically we are could we we could be heading that direction where those currents like shut off and it doesn't mm -hmm. bring heat to those areas, and then all of a sudden London and England is now going to be a lot colder. So there is some truth to it. It's just not to the extreme that he was portraying in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Did you ever see uh, Geostorm? No. Oof. I recommend that movie. It's. It is hilariously bad. So if you got like Geostorm, you know, if you got a beer or something, you know, sit down, have a good laugh. Oh my gosh. It's Gerard Butler and they're trying to, f I guess they're like trying to fix the environment or the government's trying to. 17% Rotten Tomato. It actually has some like reasonably big actors too. Ed oh, Harris yeah. is in it. Yeah. No, big actors, dumbest movie I've ever seen, but so funny because it's uh, it's like the environment is screwed up or whatever, and they're trying to fix it yeah. with weather satellites, but then some hacker or something hacks the weather satellites. And then causes it to, like, causes tsunamis and stuff. Well, what the funniest thing about it is, like, it doesn't make any sense where like they create mega thunderstorms and like, uh -huh. you're like, okay, like, yeah, that would be scary, but it wouldn't, they have lightning strike a stadium and the whole stadium explodes <laughs> in a giant fireball. And you're like, I don't think that's how lightning works. The stadium's built of concrete. Like you yeah. can throw as much en electricity into that as you want. It's not going yeah. anywhere, guys. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty it's funny, funny though. though. Yeah, yeah. You're just watching it. You're like, I don't think like the lightning's like decimating freeways and stuff, and like these big concrete overpasses. And you're like, I, that's not like that's not would, how it works. It would be terrifying, but it wouldn't explode a city, guys. Come on, right? Yeah, Geostorm is. They have a giant space station in it that like has artificial. It's so weird. They have the rotating rings on it. But the whole thing also has artificial gravity. So it was just like they made, they designed a space station. Some, some poor graphic designer was like, I don't know, just put just rings make on it. Look, just make yeah. it look cool. Put rings on it and do all this stuff. And it's just like, nobody understands like why any of this stuff is the design the way it is. It's just really funny. So like there it's artificial gravity, but then there's also rings and all this other stuff. It was just. Well, we don't know how to make artificial gravity. All we can do like right now is the. Yeah. The rings for centrifugal force, and that's it. It's one of the biggest hand wavium things in all sci-fi shows, where they're just like, don't worry about it, it's artificial gravity. And you're like, being able to invent the ability to manipulate gravitational force would change literally everything about life. It and would the change way we the world. Everything, right? Everything, yeah. Uh, but it's just sort of this hand wavy technology that we're like, we have it. Don't, 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 don't worry. worry about. Uh, just makes it a lot easier. That's yeah. why I really like the Expanse is that they all have uh, shoes, like uh, magnetized shoes. Yeah. Well, all the ships are built vertically, right? Mm -hmm. So they accelerate at one g, one Earth's gravity, and so it creates the gravitational force downward. So they all walk upstairs in the ship because it's like a giant building. It's like a skyscraper. Yeah. It's yeah. brilliant. And then like they handle it perfectly where you accelerate at one G toward say the planet you're trying to get to. And then halfway uh -huh. there, you turn around and decelerate at one G uh, to get there. So like halfway through, they do the, the turn and burn, right? The flip maneuver. Everybody right. has to strap in uh, so you don't fly around and hit the walls. And God, then they I love that show so much. It's just so well thought out, man. Yeah. 
It yeah, is. I, as as a space nerd, though, I can you start po- poking holes in the stuff. Where like they have the pilot seat for the Rasenate uh-huh. is like at the very end of the ship, which is not where you would want it if you're doing high G maneuvers. Because <laughs> they oh. fl- you, there's like a scene where they have to flip the ship around and shoot a railgun and then flip it back around to continue retreating. Which like would, would, which would have even more G's if you're flip if you're yeah you're basically at the end of the centrifuge right right so you yeah. get turned into like a pancake so <laughs> yeah. you would want the cockpit and all the crew maneuvering areas in the, in the center of the ship so you're experiencing the least amount of G forces in high G maneuvers. But, but you got to be able to see your target. <laughs> well, no, they don't have any windows in the ship, so I it doesn't know, matter. I know that's the whole point. It exactly, it doesn't because you'd have to rely on yeah on just your your machines and your your computers yeah. and systems. Yeah. So I can poke. You can easily poke little holes in it, right? But um, it's probably the most well done space show in terms of it's super true to form and and real close as closest to real life as we're probably going to get for a show. Yeah, sci fi. And even they have to invent technology like their yeah. um forgot what their drive is called but they're they have a special their engines right are more powerful than the engines that we can make because they yeah, need to be some able- guy just kind of stumbled across upon it and then that was a pretty rough episode the way that they did that um oh yeah yeah it was really in- good though the inventor of the something drive i forgot what it's yeah. called but <laughs> change changes the entire galaxy but yeah there's spoiling, spoiling anything. anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go watch The Expanse. It's one of the best shows. I think it's on the Amazon Prime now. I think you can just watch yep. it. Um, it's fantastic. I've, a little, I've been, a little slow to start, but if you can just pull, you know, push through, uh, it's it, you're you're in for uh, an incredible ride. I personally didn't find it that way because I yeah they they get off pretty quickly with the Canterbury and all that stuff at the beginning. So stuff stuff hits the fan within the first couple of episodes, I think. But um, I've been actually rewatching episodes of it while I make my space game because it's great inspiration. I'll mm-hmm. have it on in the on the side and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's I love how they did that. That's so cool. It's They just did such a good job with the show. And sound nerds are obsessed with The Expanse because they say that the audio effects in The Expanse are designed to replicate the reverberation of the weaponry in space accurately and stuff so it's cool yeah i they take some liberties with it but i don't know i can't i can't i can't comment on how accurate the sound the spa- of this anything stuff. that involves like the space scenes get it's so hype in the way that they they shoot mm-hmm. it too i always just like yes yeah <laughs> it's it's incredible well, so I've read i think I've read four of the books I stopped reading them because the actual show does the books such good justice that I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm not really getting much more information from the books than the show provided. So uh-huh. I, I read them. I did it in reverse where I watched the show and then started reading the books and then realized Sorry. I wasn't going to get much more out of them. But uh, the show gets all the combat nuance in there where if you know what to look for, it's there. There's like these amazing battles between these ships at like hundreds of kilometers away, right? Shooting at each other and they're outsmarting each other in these like very cool nuanced ways where that scene where the Rocinante takes out the, um, I forgot what the other, is it the Pella or something? I the one that remember. the Marco guy has, the, there's that cool battle okay. scene where Marco's chasing down the Rocinante and they, uh, they keep dodging in the same direction cause they have kind of a newbie pilot in the Pella. 
I mean, they should never have that this situation. But they're pirates, you know. They don't have the best crew ever. Somebody's a little green or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, they notice that they keep dodging their railgun shots in the same direction every time. So they so they anticipate it and they like they fire their PDCs where they're gonna dodge, and then they fire their railgun and like. In the book, they explain how the targeting computer will disregard PDCs that are not on a trajectory course for them. To hit them? Yeah, so it disregards that, and so it allows the pilot to dodge in the same direction, and then he dodges the railgun shot, and all the PDCs lay into the Pella and, like, disable it. And you're like, ah, it's just so well written, and the idea behind all the combat is so well conceived. I'm just like, I love it, man. It's Apparently those authors are making another uh, series now, too. Oh, in the same universe? I think or... it's in a different universe, but I could be wrong. Mm, interesting. I hope they. I it's hope more they continue. sci-fi. I hope they continue with. I think they call it hard sci-fi, which is like we're not gonna we're not gonna just be like. And then they had teleporters, and don't worry about how it works. Whoa, whoa! And Hello? then they had. I can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. Did my internet go down, or was that you? Um, I think it's. Was it just Discord? I know we got a little hiccup there. We're we're up and running, people. We're fine. Um, Matt had a power flag. There was a geo storm in Matt's area, and the I lightning hope not. lightning struck something. Yeah, no, I think we're good. I think we're good, man. Um, I finished long, my yeah. Whoa, whoa, long whoa. story short, Expanse is incredible. It is. Watch it. it is. Uh, I finished Boy Consumes Universe, which. Uh, I think I was telling you last episode that it's really good. I found out that it's so it's based on a book, but the book is based on this guy's real life, which is insane. Okay. Uh, it's a good show. I recommend it. It's on Netflix. If you're running out of shows to watch on Netflix, check out Boy Consumes Universe. One season, one and done. Um, true story. True story ish. I think some details towards the end are a bit made up, but um, pretty wild story about kids growing up in Australia sort of involved in journalism and gang warfare and stuff like that. It's, it's pretty good. Jeez. Yeah. I can't really say much about it without giving it away a, a plot points. Yeah. 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 Is it boy swallows universe? That's it. Dang okay. it. Oh, no, no, no. Cause I was, I was looking at this and I was like, wait, I see swallow. Yeah. Not. Thank you for correcting that boy swallows universe. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, that one's good. And I got my really Apple good, subscription. Really good too. Yeah, it's fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, you want to wrap the pot up there? You yeah, good? we can. Yeah, we can. We can. We can. It's uh, 6 a.m. my time now. So, you know, I'm just starting to wake up. <laughs> Get the great. gay going. And you're going to... Um, you're gonna pull up your covers, take a snooze, put on your little nightcap. Yep. Your sleeping cap. That's how I imagine you go to bed, Matt. Is you have your little sleeping. I've got cap. yeah. I've got these uh the um the face mask right. I've got my mm. uh my CPAP machine. Uh, I've got a <laughs> nightcap. Uh, you know, I got my retainer. Um, mm-hmm. I've also got these wrist guards because I. <laughs> no, I, I was know. I was sleeping with a wrist guard the other night. Uh. The only the only thing I do use right now is uh, nasal strips on the top so I can so I can breathe. Do you not use mouth tape? Do you get the mouth? No, tape? I've heard I've heard that is helpful, too, though. 
I tried it a little bit. I think it actually does work. I just kind of got out of the habit. I need to get back into the habit. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you, just, uh, this is for the youngins listening. This is what you get into when you get older is sleep yep. aids. How can you sleep yep. better? You know, it's, it's not very attractive. So if you're you know, with a significant other and you've got all this tape, nose guard, mouth guard, um, all this stuff on, you're like, Hey babe. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you want to, you want to get freaky. <laughs> you want to get frisky. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, hang on, let me just take off my, uh, yeah. Let me take this tube off of my face and Yeah. <clears throat> No, there's a, there is a window of opportunity, shall I say, um, mm-hmm. before all the stuff goes on. Uh, and uh, yeah, Jason's saying, how would Matt know? It's very nice of you, Jason. <laughs> how would I know? Uh, well, he's, he's right. I don't really have a significant other. But thank you, Jason, for reminding yeah. me once again that I live a lonely existence. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you some more body pillows, Matt. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right, what words of wisdom do you have for our audience today? My words of wisdom is that if you have a health concern, even be small, you know, a little small thing here and there, get it checked out. Because if it becomes a bigger problem, not only will it uh, deteriorate your health, uh, but also will cost more. So uh, nip those problems uh, in the bud, you know, as they say. Yep. Horticulture, baby. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for watching. Thanks for dropping by. If you want to support the podcast on Patreon and come watch us live uh, like Jason is doing right now, then you can do that by supporting us on Patreon. And all that money goes towards buying Matimio a mail-order bride one day. It's not true. Stop. It's <laughs> not true. As soon as it becomes legal. I don't know what... We don't know what the legality of the situation is. It will is, never become legal. And even if it does, it's not happening. I know. Matt, we're famous YouTubers. We know people. We can get a mail-order bride. Okay? Like, <sighs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen, guys. So, the more you, the more you guys subscribe on Patreon, the hotter she gets. And that's, that's how it works. Terrible. <laughs> it's terrible and true. So thank you guys so much <laughs> for watching. We'll see you next week on Wednesday. And uh, peace out. Bye-bye. Bye.